motherfucker the way I told you to, right? God damn, man. How many motherfucking times I got to tell you? If you gonna sing this song, you got to sing this motherfucker. You dig what I'm saying? I wanna feel this motherfucking song through my skin. You got to get up. I want you to get up from way in here. You better put some stink on this motherfucker. You better sing this motherfucker like your life depends on. You understand me? Alright, 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 alright. Come on, Ann. Come on, come on. the deal this is your boy this is your motherfucking boy king known uncensored wow game five the queen of rock and roll um i'm sure if you've been under a rock yesterday tina turner passed away at the age of 83 years old man rest in peace to tina turner the woman that we know as the queen of rock and there and she was a trailblazer she's a great singer one of the greatest to ever do this thing straight like that i mean countless hit records most of the hit records with her husband ike turner ike turner was the writer and the composer of some of her biggest hit records um man my personal favorite was the one that I played in the intro, Fight No More. But obviously, the best Ike and Tina song is Proud Mary. Whoo, man, that Proud Mary was a banger, banger. 
I mean, obviously, she's had more hits than that, that we can, there's too many to fucking name at this point, but that beginning of Proud Mary is a classic, then the dance routines, the wigs, a lot of women, Tina Turner was the mother of a lot of those styles, you know what I'm saying, the backup dancers, the wigs, the routines, and not to mention that powerful voice. Um, obviously, the uh, you know Tina Turner was a fighter. Like she had already like beaten cancer twice. You know she, I think. 20 years ago, she moved out of the United States. I believe she passed in Switzerland. Good old America. But she released a controversial film about her life story called What's Love Got to Do With It? Starring Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne as they basically told Tina Turner's story. Now, of course, we as fans weren't there for everything. It's always two sides. It's three sides of the story. One story, one person's story, the other person's story, and the truth. And what's love got to do with it ended up being a classic. You know, the iconic scenes, the fight in the limo. (laughs) Tina Turner came out fighting. You know, obviously the abuse of Ike Turner. I mean, hey, man, they rose to the top together. You know what I'm saying? Tina Turner ended up, you know, breaking free of Ike Turner. And carving out a solid solo career. But Tina Turner is a legend, an icon, and the god of rock and roll. Setting trends for the next generation of singers. Man, that movie is a fucking classic from top to bottom. It showcased the good, the bad, the ugly, and Nam Yoringe Kyo. But rest in peace to Tina Turner. We love you. We appreciated your time on earth and displaying your talent to the whole entire world. Now let's get back to business. I ain't got no time to play around. What is this? Before we get to game five in Boston, the Charlotte Hornets would like to have Miles Bridges back on the roster next year. Wow. Well, you already know that um, he's going to face a suspension. Now, are they going to credit him not playing this entire season? as time served or are they going to nail him to the cross 
I mean, of course Charlotte would want that motherfucker back on the goddamn team. Shit, ain't got no goddamn body but LaBello Ball. And you saw how they struggled without him last season. So that's copped and obvious right there. You know, Miles Bridges even shared a picture of him and Michael Jordan talking on FaceTime. So we kind of knew that Miles Bridges was going to be back in the league. And the Hornets were going to welcome him back with open arms. Despite his domestic violence. John Morant made a post on his Instagram talking about, I love you mom, I love you dad, I love my daughter. Bye was the last post. Now the police did a welfare check on John Morant following those cryptic social media posts on Wednesday morning. And Ja Morant is fine. Ja just basically announced that he was taking a break from social media. That's all that it was. A lot of people, but I do understand that a lot of people do care about Ja's mental health. And care about Ja Morant in general. Kyrie Irving made a statement on his Instagram Live, something that opened my eyes a little bit. He said that I'm a free agent this summer, but I am in no rush to make a decision. When they speak on my name and they're talking about potential teams that I'm going to, can y'all please, I respectfully, I'm asking you, stop paying attention to that. So all these rumors that a lot of these reporters are making on Kyrie Irving on what decision he's going to make, Kyrie Irving did not announce it or make a final decision on where he's going. And he's basically telling people to stop paying attention to the rumors. Because Kyrie Irving's free agency, I mean, to be honest with you, he's the best free agent available, in my opinion. Because it's going to be him and James Harden. Listening to multiple offers from multiple teams. Me personally, I do believe that Kyrie Irving is going back to Dallas. Dallas can obviously offer him the most money. But Kyrie hasn't announced shit, hasn't said shit. I'm just giving my honest opinion and prediction. I think that Kyrie's going to play number two to Luka. I mean, these guys didn't play together a full season last year they were you know we you know me in particular did expect have higher expectations when you have two great talents but poor coaching bad decision making down the stretch and lacking of presence from role players cost them the playoffs last year and just the ultimate quit job like this team was legitimately good enough to go to the conference finals this year but unfortunately all those factors played a role and them not succeeding and going to the next level 
the Philadelphia 76ers have not shown an appetite to pay James Harden the max. I completely understand. The way that James Harden was up and down in the playoffs, I wouldn't give that nigga the max. He's not worth the max at this stage of his career. I would say that he's worth in the neighborhood of four years, 90 million. That's about the neighborhood that he's truly worth. But Harden is seeking a four-year, four $200 million contract that nobody's going to fucking give him. But I do believe that Houston is going to give him the max, though. I definitely believe that the Houston Rockets are going to pay James Harden the max. But it won't be $200 million unless Houston is really fucking stupid. This is reported by fat ass Brian Windhorse, by the way. So, before you call cap on what the fuck I'm saying, Google is your friend, pussy nigga. Now, question. Is this Miami team? Is this Miami Heat team? Jimmy Butler carrying the greatest carry job of all time. Now, yes, I do understand that there are savvy veterans such as Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love on this roster. I do understand, but there are multiple undrafted players on this team, such as Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, you know what I'm saying, etc., etc. And honestly, I think the 07 Cavs are better than this current Miami Heat roster. Judge your mama, okay? Judge your motherfucking mama. This team was an eight seed. You know, that 07 Cleveland Cavaliers team, guess what? They were a four seed. And then also, guess what? They were the um, number two playoff defense that year. This is me. This is not me insulting Max Struzgate, Vincent, and Bam Adebayo. It's more so more respect for them. You know what I'm saying? For getting there as a squad. But Jimmy Butler is the best player on this team. A lot of people don't have this guy in the top 15 players in the league. I think after this showing right here, he's easily top 15. Rattling around that 13, 14, 15 spot in the league. But the issue is, you know, Jimmy Butler's not the most glamorous player. Not the most flashy. Not the most skilled. But he makes up for it in nuts and guts. Pause. But I do definitely believe, even if they lose this series against Boston, even if they do blow a 3-0 lead, this is probably the get, the greatest carry job that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Oh boy, Kwame Brown versus Shannon Sharp. I mean, on the flip side, I don't like seeing two black men go at each other, but unfortunately, for entertainment purposes, this is fucking hilarious. So, basically, Kwame Brown made an opinion about who should take the last shot 
in the uh, Lakers Nuggets game. Kwame Brown said that Austin Reeves should take the last shot because he's been clutch and he's been more consistent, which I do completely understand because from my perspective, LeBron had 40, 10, and 9. He had done enough. I don't think that LeBron could raise his hands at this point. And you put the ball in his hands to take the final shot. Um, I didn't agree with that decision either. I think you should. He, they should have went with fresher legs to take that shot. Despite LeBron attacking the basket, as he should have on that play. And I don't think there's anybody to really blame for that L. Not at all. Because both teams definitely played their ass off. And they definitely showed up to blow up. Shannon Sharp on uh, Undisputed took the time out of his day to shit on Kwame Brown as a basketball player when Kwame Brown didn't necessarily compare himself to LeBron. He compared LeBron to Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant as LeBron doesn't have a go-to move like other star players. But despite lacking that, LeBron has carved off quite the Hall of Fame career for himself in in LeBron's defense. But, you know, the, you know, Shannon Sharp just took his time to attack Kwame in defense of his boo. You know, that's all that this shit was about. And then he made it about him being a draft bust. I mean, that bust made $64 million. That bust played for 14 years in the league. That bust played alongside Mike and Kobe, which he can make those comparisons because he played them before. He played them one-on-one before. But you know, he put Kwame Brown on the Mount Rushmore of draft busts. I mean, Shannon wasn't wrong in anything that he was saying. Don't get it twisted or fucked up. But however, his premise for it, I felt like was excessive. A lot of that shit was really unnecessary because of the simple fact that You know, he put a lot of bass in his voice because he was defending his boo thing. Then Kwame Brown clapped back and said that you're nothing but a fanboy and you're a football player. You're not qualified. You know, you didn't hoop. You don't know nothing about basketball. You are just being paid to be LeBron's fanboy. Once LeBron retires, there will be no use of you, basically, because all you do is get paid to talk nice about LeBron. And he also said that, you know, he didn't have the same smoke for Skip Bayless, who told him that Baker Mayfield is greater than Shannon Sharp as a football player, live on television. 
my thoughts on this is simple. Here's where Kwame Brown was right. Um, Shannon is a fanboy. Shannon is a toxic LeBron sexual who is going to do anything to lie on LeBron's legacy to make him look better than anyone. And I mean everybody. But, unfortunately, Kwame, you're not being paid to talk sports. Shannon Sharp is. That's where Kwame went wrong. You know, since he's being paid, that makes him qualified, unfortunately. Even though, me personally, I feel like Shannon Sharp should stay in his fucking lane. NBA talks not for him. He's not really that great at it. He's mediocre talking about basketball. Shannon Sharp was right in everything he said about Kwame Brown as a basketball player. But his premise was wrong. He had... You know, he was turned up. You know, he's defending his baby. But, you know, my personal thoughts on this, it was entertaining. Even though I don't really want to see this shit, I want to see this shit. <laughs> okay, next report. Let's go. Pistons attempted to make a big money offer to Monty Williams, but... The offer got declined. Um, There's two ways I can look at this. Maybe Monty Williams wants to take a break from coaching. Or maybe, you know, since the Suns fired him, he's set to collect three years. He's, he's um, expected to collect $20 million over the next three years. So, that is probably the reason why Monty Williams didn't accept the Pistons job. That sucks. I really wanted Monty Williams to come to Detroit. That's fucked up. Now, you know, we are down to Charles Lee and Kevin Ollie and this third guy, I forgot the name of the third guy. But that's what we da- that's what my Pistons are down to. Oh boy, this ain't going to be, this ain't going to end well. You know, us losing out on a big fish like Monty Williams, that hurt because we basically broke the bank, probably was about to pay him record head coaching money. And for him to just decline like that, that sucks. Uh, The reporters from The Athletic, right? This little uh, joint, you know, The Athletic, it's a sports column on the internet, right? They made a trade proposal for Portland, Toronto, and Memphis. And the trade goes, the Portland Trailblazers receive Pascal Siakam and the 13th overall pick. The Toronto Raptors receive Nasir Little, Luke Kennard, Tyus Jones, the number three overall pick, and a 2026 first round pick protected. 
And the Memphis Grizzlies receive Anthony Simons. Hmm. I'm going to be honest with y'all. That's not a bad deal. But, I mean, I like Siakam. Don't get it twisted. I think he would be a great number two. But I'm not sure if this works for Portland. Now, Toronto, I could see that. Build around Scotty Barnes, get rid of Siakam. That works fantastically for them because you get a 2026 pick, a 2023 third round pick. Then the Memphis Grizzlies getting Anthony Simons rubs hands like Birdman. Man, if Ja and Anthony Simons get together, that would be great. But I do understand this is honestly a decent trade. Not gonna hold you. I'm not gonna, I ain't gonna cap for the people. This ain't bad because Portland still gets a first round pick. A solid one. And there's a lot of talent. This is a big talent pool in this draft. Even though I would rather have Portland select Brandon Miller, I know Damian Lillard doesn't have time to watch Brandon Miller develop. So I get why they would trade, you know what I'm saying, the number three pick for Pascal Siakam, who was an all-star, who was an NBA champion. So this isn't a bad deal. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty titty committee. As the Boston Celtics defeated the Miami Heat 110-97. to Man, this was embarrassing. The score is a lot closer than it looked out there. It looked like a shit show out there. A complete shit show. I'm disappointed in the Miami Heat. They've had two opportunities to close these guys out. Boston Celtics told you, don't 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 let us win. Don't let us win another game. Now, I do understand the degree of difficulty to actually pull this shit off is high because there were 197 attempts to come back from down 3-0 in a series. 197 tried, 197 failed. Boston Celtics have the talent to pull this off because Miami team isn't that great on paper. They are missing what some view as the Miami Heat's second best player in Tyler Hero and have been since game one of the first round of the playoffs. So, and then the, the momentum is in the Celtics' favor because now all the pressure is on Miami to win this series. Pressure is on. You know, you can't back down, Miami. You got to finish these guys off. If this goes to game seven, the Heat are in trouble. Now Miami's going back home where they have been masterful. And hey, you fucking up Kevin Love record without LeBron James in the playoffs, man. 
Damn, I need that leverage. All right, let's get to these statistics. We can talk a little bit about this more after I'm done. Jimmy Butler, 14 points. He was very, he was, he was fucking awful in this game. He was disgusting. I can't even look at Jimmy right now. Bam Adebayo had 16 points, eight rebounds. Caleb Martin had 14 points. Duncan Robinson had 18 points. Hayward Highsmith was the story here for Miami. Like, he was hitting some big shots. He might get some minutes next game. Like, he showcased his game. Like, he has the basic NBA skill set. He can hit open shots. He can drive to the basket. And he's a decent defensive player. Let's look at Boston. My goodness. Four players scored 20 points or more. Jalen Brown had 21 points. Jason Tatum had 21 points. Eight rebounds and 11 assists. Derek White was huge. He was the leading scorer. He had 24 points. Shot six of eight from three. Marcus Smart had 23 points. He hit some big shots for for Boston in that first quarter. Not much production from the bench. Not much needed. As the Boston Celtics showcase their hunger and will to want to continue to play. But overall, I'm disappointed in in playoff Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy looks like regular season Jimmy today. Because of the simple fact that this motherfucker did not show up at all. And you got to be hella disappointed in this nigga. With the heart, the will, the strength and determination that he plays with. Miami is getting comfortable. Yeah, we up three. We still up three, two. All right, nigga. Then it's going to be three, three. And then it's, oh, shit. We going back to motherfucking Boston. This is not good. Miami has to go back to Miami and finish these guys off. Pause. Or else. Do you want to be on the wrong side of history? Do you want to be one in 198? If they come back from down 3-0 to win, I can tell you this. This won't be embarrassing for Miami. Yeah, they can, they deserve to be criticized for blowing a 3-0 lead for the first time, but this team ain't really that talented, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's just the will, strength, and determination of Jimmy Butler and his leadership that has gotten this team this far. But I wouldn't be surprised if they blew that lead. To be completely honest, Jimmy Butler is leading a bunch of undrafted players. Bam Adebayo without Victor Oladipo, without Tyler Hero. And tonight, Miami didn't have Gabe Vincent as he had an ankle injury. I think that that is a a possibility and a possible part of the reason why this team lost tonight. 
Because Gabe Vincent has been very productive for them. And Kyle Lowry, he was a complete shithole. He wasn't even worth talking about after this game. Lowry had five points, one assist. It was the turnovers. It was the four turnovers. Like a lot of Kyle Lowry's turnovers were cartoonish. Like, it was just like, damn, Kyle, like, you're the savvy veteran. You're the guy that has won a championship. And this is the type of performance that you want to give? Give me a fucking break. No excuses for how piss poor Kyle Lowry played tonight. Also, I feel like, you know, Boston came out swinging. Miami would answer for a little bit. Then all of a sudden, you know, Boston would hit like five more three-pointers. I think it's just simply the three-point shooting that carried Boston tonight. And then Boston was also attacking the basket. And Joe Mazzula has stepped it up a little bit as far as the coaching side of things and making adjustments. You know, he's doing a lot of learning on the fly. Then Brown and Tatum passing the ball more. I mean, Tatum had 11 assists tonight. He's going to need to do that every night in order for Boston to make history. Do I think that there's a possibility that the Boston Celtics will make history? I think so. I would give Boston a 30% chance of coming back. If they win game six, that 30% becomes 50%. And the Miami Heat, with their back against the wall, are in trouble. Because they already don't have the roster really on paper to win a title. But it's truly up to them, in my opinion, as to whether they want to be comfortable being up 3-2 or close them out in Miami and go to the NBA Finals. That's my show. I'm King Known Uncensored. This is Game 5, the Queen of Rock and Roll. I'm gone.